0: Hello runners, this is uh, Coach Bala here. Hope all of you are doing well. Week one of our regular season is about to complete. Today I'm coming to you on the 7th, which is a Saturday around uh, uh, 9 o'clock in the evening. So I'm hoping that most of you have completed your first week, or the long runs. I saw some wonderful um, group runs um, Organized across, I would say, U.S. I would say even the world. A uh, lot of good pictures. Please continue to share those group pictures. It's always motiv- motivating for the rest of us. And I know some of you are going to are planning for uh, the long run tomorrow, which is Sunday, which is totally fine. Uh, Saturday, Sunday, moving around uh, the long runs is okay. Um, what an amazing uh, start to the week, uh, start to the season. Congratulations for all of you who have completed 21 days of training. If you remember, that was our first milestone. Uh, With this weekend, you guys will all complete 21 days of training. Um, That means if you have been serious, if you have been focused, I can safely say that you are now in the habit zone, running as a habit, which is a beautiful thing to be. You've done a lot of good work to break the initial inertia to be here. So now the hard work is not letting it go. Now the hard work is building on top of it. Okay. So that's, that's what our uh, plan is going forward. So in this uh, message in this weekend's message, I wanted to touch on a couple of interesting, important topics. Um, first one, let's just, let me just give you a little bit about what the season is going to look like for all of you. Now that you've finished your uh, one week of training so i have told you uh, to all of you especially the new runners if you have, uh, if you remember many times i have mentioned that this training is a structured long distance training program uh, the operative word here is the structured because there are many ways people can prepare for a um, for a long uh, distance training but what we do is we mix the science and art Of long-distance training. So in a very structured manner, that means there are certain rules, there are certain algorithms that we use, uh, some based on science, some based on our own experiences, and we essentially build those algorithms into our training program and slowly ramp you up to where you need to be within a certain uh, sort of framework that we believe is the right uh, way to train for this program. So within the structured program, when you think about the the, the training program itself, the way I would like you all uh, to think about is I want to introduce to you three terms, microcycle, mesocycle, and macrocycle. Essentially, these are all sort of the individual units in terms of time frame of training. So a microcycle is typically one week of training. So when we as coaches plan your runs, we think about what are all the type of runs you need to do in one week. And in that one week, it's almost like, uh, you know, we are preparing you for a class test to the end of the week. So if you think of your sort of marathon 16 weeks training as, you know, one full year academic year and the final race day is your final annual board examination, Uh, To prepare for that board examination, we need to do multiple sort of uh, interim examinations, right? That's how you all would have been used to in your school. Kind of something similar is what we're trying to do here. So every week, our test is the long run. So we train you to do a good job on that long run by some of the runs that we give and some of the strength trainings that we give during the week. So every week is a self-contained unit. So why I'm bringing this up is that that is why, let us say you miss a long run, you know, let's say you have one week and then for whatever reason, life happened, Saturday, you couldn't run, it is totally fine to move the Saturday run to a Sunday. So, you know, that's also within that one week period, but whatever reason, Sunday also you couldn't run. That means you've lost out on that week because the next week's microcycle training begins Monday. Okay, so that's why you cannot move the long run from Saturday to Monday and then the next week you do two long runs. That doesn't work like that. So either you do it on a Saturday, which is what I highly recommend because when you finish the runs on Saturday, you have a Sunday to uh, uh, and a Monday to recover a little bit. And even if you do it on a Sunday, you still have a Monday to recover and then Tuesday onwards you can go for runs again. Okay, so microcycle for us is one week, a self-contained unit where our goal is to do a good job on the midterm examination or the class test, so to speak, which is the long run. So we train to do the long run. And if you miss out on the long run week, weekend, it is what it is, accept it, go for the next week and start the second microcycle. Then comes the next element, which is the mesocycle. Now, at, in our training, a mesocycle is three weeks. That's how we structure the program. So if you think about it, in our 16-week training journey, we will have four major MISO cycles. MISO 1, meso 2, meso 3, meso 4. Four major MISO cycles. And we give in between MISO 3 and MISO 4, there is a rest week. That is something that's very unique to a program where you train for three weeks and then you give one week of complete rest where you do nothing and just give tender loving care to your body and your mind. Uh, where you can recover well and then you go to the... F- Fourth MISO, which is the fourth three week training period, which we call it as the peak MISO cycle, where you are lit like it's like climbing a hill and you're reaching to the top where you're training mileage, the training distances, the type of run, everything is sort of at the highest level in terms of the weekly mileage, where you really train well in terms of distances. And after the peak MISO cycle, you have two weeks of taper. That means you come down a little bit so that your body again gets recovered for your board exam or your final examination or your race day. That's the structure. So you have a micro cycle a week, a macro, a, a meso cycle, which is a three week uh, uh, a chunk where we plan the three weeks. So we have a certain uh, sort of think of it, a certain framework that we use in taking you from meso one to meso two, to meso three, to finally to the peak meso cycle. That's the structure the structured portion of a training and you finish that and then you get to the board uh, exam. And it is so uh, designed that if you go through these MISOs, MISO 1, when you go through and do well, MISO 2 becomes doable. And then if you do MISO 2 well, MISO 3 becomes do- doable and so on and so forth. The corollary of this is that if you do not do MISO 1 well, definitely MISO 2 becomes difficult. And if you do not do MISO 2 well, uh, then MISO 3 becomes almost, you know, really difficult and then, of course, peak MISO becomes almost impossible because it builds on your strength. So that's why being within the program, now that you've broken the 21 day inertia, it's all about being in the program and not letting it go. That's the MISO cycle. And then the third term that I wanted to use here is the macro cycle. So, macro cycle, some people use macro cycle as the entire, <laughs> the um, sort of the training. Season, Right. One macro cycle could be it depends upon individual definition. But what I would like you to, I would encourage you to think about a macro cycle is a macro cycle is where you uh, can create life changing, um, you know, transformations in your body and mind. That's what we are shooting for. We're not shooting for just getting medals. We are shooting for an improvement in health physical and mental improvement in your own character, strength of character, where you do tough things and do amazing things and meet amazing people and become amazing. That's really the macro cycle, right? So I, for instance, I am in a five-year macro cycle journey. That's when I started with my coach. It was a five-year macro cycle journey. I'm in my fifth year of that. And I'm so glad that have continued that. And I would encourage everyone to think about this macro cycle as a really a macro cycle. That is when real change happens. So I would suggest, for especially the new runners who are coming in, think of this as not just a one season check the box activity. If you are in that zone, that's fine too. I'm not saying that you just finished one season, you finished your half marathon, and I'm not belittling that, that achievement. That's great. But I really think the real deal. Is entering a macro cycle journey two, three, four seasons together, and see yourself where you are? You will be in a whole new ball game, and there are enough runners in our community who can share that story of doing it three, four, five seasons together, and they just look at themselves four seasons before and now, and they cannot even identify themselves four seasons ago. That is what is the true outcome of a macro cycle training program. And I would like all of you to think about at least three years, if not more, uh, macro cycle journey. OK, so micro, meso and macro, that is the pillars of our structured training program. I hope you understand that. Um, so let's talk about the next item, which is the uh, midweek questions from coach MQC. I was just I, I always love this. Uh, tradition of ours every every week I pose or if not every week every other week at least I pose a provocative question uh, it's also for us to learn from all of you um, this week's NQC was a statement that I read somewhere and I sort of picked my interest and I wanted to hear your thoughts and I had some thoughts on that too and the statement was 90% of success is all about not getting distracted and um, the question I had asked, the MQC that I'd asked was, how does that statement rel- is relevant to our training journey? And boy, what beautiful answers. Really beautiful answers from so many of you. Thank you, guys. Thank you for your contribution. Those of you who have those thoughts are still feeling a little shy. Please let it out. That's the way you, you contribute to the community. We would like to hear from you and your thoughts. Uh, there were some brilliant answers. Akash, Rana Akash gave five very tactical steps on how you make that happen. Um, there, were, there was a counter uh, thoughts as well on how this, um, you know, so, uh, not a counter thought really, like how to uh, get to the, uh, to the uh, focus, like how do you go about doing with some kind of uh, uh, imagery? I thought it was all brilliant answers and I've collected all of them and I put it in a discussion board on a separate thread. Please go there and check it out. Uh, it's always good to learn from each other. Uh, my thoughts on that one, um, I wanted to, uh, harp on one point, <clears throat> which is distraction, 90% if you avoid distraction. So I want to harp on distraction from what? I want to sort of pose that question to myself and give you a viewpoint on that. See, everyone knows focus is important, right? So the, the, the sort of the opposite of focus is getting distracted. So I want to think about, I want to talk about distraction from what, if you are very clear on that what, then if you can avoid that what, then automatically you get sort of uh, more focus or less distraction, if you know what I mean. So to to sort of explain that, I want to use a mountain metaphor. So if you think about climbing a mountain, um, one of the goals of climbing a mountain is to reach the summit, right? Now, one way of thinking about it is my focus is always reaching the summit. That means I should not get distracted from reaching uh, the summit. But I believe if you just have your focus on reaching the summit, it might not need, uh, lead to an optimal outcome because just keeping a focus on something that macro is not going to help you do the small things correct. So I believe to reach the summit, you need to do the small things correct again and again and again and again. So if you have got a focus on ensuring that the small micro step that you need to do to reach to the macro goal, if you do the micro step correct again and again and again, the process is right, you will automatically reach the goal. Or in other words, in this mountaineering metaphor that I just talking about, that micro step is putting that step forward every time that is what you need to focus on. So when you're climbing that mountain, you are focused on making sure that you're putting that one step in front of the other again and again and again in the least uh, sort of, uh, or the most efficient manner with the least amount of discomfort and having enough energy to keep doing that again and again and again or managing your hydration, managing your energy levels, etc., to ensure that you're able to do that. So if you're really focused, on just putting that one step forward every time, you will eventually reach the summit. A similar analogy can be given, applied to a running, is while your focus is to reach the finish line of a half marathon, 10K, 5K, whatever that is, your micro step that you need to do well every day is making sure that you finish the activity that is given to you for the day. That is your focus. If you get distracted from that one simple thing that you need to do every day, the larger goal gets, um, you know, uh, larger goal doesn't happen. That's really what my thought process is here. So I would say the distraction here is not doing that everyday activity that is on training. So when you get up in the morning, starting tomorrow after this message, all I'm asking you to do is how do I execute that small atomic habit? There is also a book called Atomic Habits. You should read it somewhat built on this thought process as well. Or rather, I've also read that book and it's kind of very similar. So that atomic habit, which is the smallest thing that you need to do tactically every day, right, is literally doing that day's training. So when you get up in the morning, all you need to think about is how do I execute today's training? That's it. Check marks that checkbox that, go with go do, you know, live your life, do other things, automatically you are reaching the summit, which is the finish line. So that's, that is the idea behind um, this MQC. And thank you again for all your awesome contributions. Let us continue to do that, please. So those are the two things. Um, the last point I want to talk to you about today is uh, something new I'm starting this, uh, this season. And I hope that uh, this is helpful. And this came with, I was talking to one of our one of my friends. And uh, he's also a runner. In fact, he's one of our chief guests uh, during our uh, race day. And he was telling about, hey, Bala, I think we need to think about how do we motivate uh, the juniors, kids, um, into, you know, make them give something, you know, give to others. Think about giving to others. Uh, because I think in the U.S., you know, they all are getting whatever they want. And uh, sometimes they are not even thinking about, you know, what should I do for others? They're just constantly thinking about what I can do to do better with what I have. And, you know, somewhere we need to teach them. I'm also trying to tell my kids, and I think you're also uh, connected with a lot of kids, you should be thinking about that. And that spurred a thought for me. And the thought is our goal of our organization is always about, um, you know, finding and creating amazing human beings, right? Um, So I thought at least time to time, I should share some of my thoughts so that I can elicit good response from all of you on these thoughts on, you know, one may be helpful to people and two, maybe others can respond and then we can learn from each other. So in that context, I want to start off this uh, series of discussion, which is something about what it means to be an amazing human being. There are many different facets of that and i want to touch on one thing today and would love to know uh, your thoughts on that and that thing is the art of giving the science and art of giving i would say i think the more the, the when a human being starts giving he starts he or she starts going towards this pedestal of amazing human being okay so let me uh, you know sort of open the the this giving thing in few ways. And that is. Why should you give? What, it's like, what is the meaning of giving? Like What is the meaning of giving? And why you should give? And how you should give? Those are the three simple things that I wanted to talk about to get the thought process started. Now, first of all, in my opinion, what is giving? So I would say that giving means something. Giving is when you give something that is valuable to you to someone else, that is valuable to that person as well. Think about this. There has to be a value exchange between what something that is valuable to you, you are giving to somebody else and that person is valuing whatever you're giving. That is when, in my mind, giving happens. If you think about it, let's say you have a computer desk and you want to throw that out. Um, And, uh, you know, somebody on the road wanted a computer desk and you say, hey, please take my computer desk. That's not giving because it might be valuable to that person which is great, but it is not valuable to you. So you're literally disposing some items. So that is not giving. Similarly, on the other side, you are giving something that is very valuable to you, but the person who is receiving it is not really valuable. Let's take, let's say you go and give a birthday gift to someone. You give the latest Nike, you know, the the greatest shoes because you're a runner and you spend $250 and you feel that's really valuable to you and you're going to give it as a present to the other guy. And the other guy is not about running. He doesn't even do anything. He's just a couch potato. He just takes that and just uses it for just walking around, he's not valuing that. So really you're wasted, you are giving, you should have given to somebody else, right? So that's why I'm saying first thing in when you are planning to give, make sure that this equation about something that is valuable to you is given to somebody else who value that. That is when I believe the equation of giving gets satisfied. That is about what is giving in my opinion. Now, the second thing is why should you give? Now, this is something I personally have experienced, guys. And I would like all of you who have not done experiences to experience it, which is hidden in the statement, the more you give, the more you get. Isn't it amazing? This is just something that I've experienced it so many times. The more I keep giving, I suddenly get into this scenario where I get a lot more than what I expected from others. And I'm like, oh my God, I didn't even expect this and I'm getting it more. And that is great to be in. So even if you think of it in a very, quote unquote, a selfish manner, why you should give, I would say, give more so that you can get more. For those of you who are thinking about return of giving, return on, you know, like a return on effort, like a return of giving. Now, I, was the, I have a lot of thought process on why is it happening like that? And this is how I would explain that. Now, let's assume that I have 100 units of value to be given. And I give those hundred units to tw- five people who, are, you know, who deserve that. You know, who really value that, uh, whatever item that I'm giving. So five people got twenty each. Let's assume that. So the person who got that twenty from me, he got it, he or she got it, enjoyed it, received it. He or she is really thankful that you gave that valuable item. There will be a time when that person wants to give back to you. And if that person has does not give to five, but he just gives it back to you because you are the only one who gave to you, you get almost hundred units of what that person is giving you, and that is how everybody does that so suddenly, after a year after like it's almost like an exponential curve, after one year, you realize that I gave to five people, and all these five folks are now giving back to me, and now I gave hundred, and I'm giving four hundred getting back four hundred That's what I mean by you give. Now to get more later. So I really want all of you to experience this, especially the kids who are learning here. There is a lot of benefit in giving. Okay. How to, what to give and why you should give I addressed. Now let me address the third point. How to give. Now I feel this is where the magic of giving is. Now, in my opinion, there are three frameworks or three forms of giving. Now the, the, the lowest form which is also good, but still it is the lowest form. I would call it the bronze medal of giving is you give something to somebody and make that somebody feel that he has taken something from you. Like you keep reminding that person, hey, remember I gave this to you or hey, buddy, I gave it to you, but you know what? I need not have given to you, but I'm still giving it to you. Like make that person feel that he has received it, but you have still given it. So it's, it's not like, you know, uh, you, you're, it's better than not giving at all. So that is good, but that is still a bronze. That is one way of giving where you give, but you make the receiver feel that you are getting it. The gold standard of that is you give, okay, and not make the receiver feel that he's taking it. That's fantastic too. You give and the receiver feels nice receiving it and without any pressure he's receiving it. That means without any pressure of returning back and that type of stuff. That is awesome, much better than the bronze. But you know what is the platinum version? You give because you want to give and you're not giving for any credit from anybody. In fact, sometimes nobody else knows that you're giving. You are just giving because that's how you operate. That's the platinum standard in my mind. You get into that platinum standard, guys, where you just give because that's the operating system in which you operate your life, you get into the zone of you give now and you get a lot more later because you're not seeking credit. So you give it in a beautiful, graceful, smiling manner that the receiver who is getting, feels so good that he or she is waiting to give back to you whenever he or she can. And when this multiplies to so many different people, all you experience is just a life filled with amazing human beings. That is back to what I was talking to you about. Giving is one beautiful, strong way to become an amazing human being in life. And I encourage all the, especially the juniors and kids to think about this and ask yourself, when is the last time I gave bronze, gold, um, you know, platinum is fine. When is the last time I gave? And if the answer is not in the last one year, Think about in the next six months, what I have that is valuable to me that I can give to someone who will value the same thing and see if we can go up the scale of bronze, platinum and silver. I hope all of this makes sense, guys. And uh, good luck. Thank you for beautiful first week of training. Good luck on the next two weeks. The next milestone is completing our first meso cycle, which happens on the uh, 21st of January. Thanks a lot. Take care.